This podcast is recorded and produced on Gadigal land as well as other parts of Australia. In the spirit of reconciliation, Women's Agenda acknowledges the traditional custodians of country nationwide and their connections to land, waters and community. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You're listening to Fertility Unfiltered, a Women's Agenda special podcast series supported by Jenea Fertility. Through this series, we aim to break down common misconceptions, shatter stigmas and provide a platform for those whose voices have been silenced. We'll challenge society's limited understanding of fertility, amplifying stories that celebrate the beauty of diverse paths to parenthood. I'm your host, Tyler Lambert. When trying for a baby, many women and hopeful parents experience pregnancy loss. It's a heartbreaking reality, and some studies suggest it can affect as much as 60 to 75% of conceptions. I was one of them. When I had a miscarriage, I was at work. I'm grateful that it happened in a supportive environment, and though pregnancy loss is so common, it still felt deeply traumatic. When you're going through something like that, you don't really have a reference point for what is happening. There isn't enough information out there and social barriers may leave you feeling alone. But today we're going to change that. Let's talk about pregnancy loss. I'm Tyler Lambert, Editor-in-Chief of Women's Agenda. Throughout this series, we've unpacked different ways to get pregnant as more women and hopeful parents look at starting families later in life. In this episode, you're going to hear from someone whose own grief has inspired an organisation that advocates for and supports people through early pregnancy loss and miscarriage. Before coming up with the idea for the Pink Elephant Support Network, Samantha Payne was a mum of three, excitedly waiting to welcome her fourth child to the family. Then she had some crushing news. I had a nearly two-year-old at the scan with me when I was told there was no heartbeat. And I remember just feeling this complete sense of loss and despair and confusion at how this had happened to me. But then everyone told me, inadvertently, you don't talk about miscarriage, it's quiet, you just get on with it, you'll get pregnant again, at least you know you've got a child, at least you can be pregnant. So a few months later, we decided just to fall pregnant again. Um, And for us, the issue wasn't um, conceiving, we had trouble with keeping a pregnancy. And we managed to fall pregnant again. And it was when that loss happened alone, in a shower, with no one there to support me at three in the morning, it was a very traumatizing and horrific experience without going into too much detail. And I got really angry at that point. I was like, this is not okay. How am I being allowed to have this experience at home with no health professional to support me? And why is it referred to as a natural miscarriage? Because it felt anything other than natural to me. Samantha then discovers how common her experience is. With not many safe spaces or supportive ways to help people open up and heal from something like this, she decides to do something about it. So I then did some research, found the statistics, and that's where then the idea came that what I actually needed was connection. I needed to connect with other people who understood how I was feeling, what I was going through, and who could hold my hand and not try and fix it for me. And that was where Pink Elephants started. That was like eight years ago now. Pink Elephants helps empower many hopeful parents, offering a range of services, including peer support companions, safe online chats, and a workplace support program that has seen it partner with large employers like QBE and Jenea Fertility. There are many misconceptions about pregnancy loss, like the assumption people can and should get over it quickly. But for Samantha, there's something inherently wrong with that. I think we're getting better now at understanding it is the loss of a baby. 
um, but we still minimise the time frame a woman has to grieve. We still expect that woman and her partner to be pretty much back to normal a week later. And that really isn't what we see within our community at all. We see this to have a profound and lasting impact on thousands of women every week within our online communities. We know we hold space for anywhere from one to three years for women on their journey. And whilst, yes, a lot of them, the ultimate dream is to have a baby in their arms and they will try and conceive again, it doesn't mean that that new conception, if it happens, that new pregnancy all of a sudden heals that loss. If anything, that pregnancy is exacerbated with anxiety because you already know how awful it feels to lose a baby and there's that persistent fear there. So for me, I'm really passionate about awareness around the fact that it's not a moment in time. It's something that can profoundly impact us forever. I will always think about how old my children would be that I don't get to parent every day. And I know many, many women do that as well. Another common misconception around pregnancy loss is what causes it. Jenea Fertility, a world-leading fertility clinic, says that pregnancy loss can happen at any stage and it's not caused by things like wrong food, stress or a previous abortion. The more common causes are things like genetic or uterus abnormalities, hormonal disorders and age. However, it's not always straightforward finding out the underlying causes for pregnancy loss. While it is worth investigating, in 50% of cases a medical explanation will not be found. The uncertainty and unknown that can come with trying to have a baby has a heavy psychological toll, so leaning on the support of a trusted therapist or a counsellor can be helpful. Jenea Fertility Counsellor Evelyn Zwalen specialises in supporting people through infertility. Counselling provides an opportunity to provide a space to patients to talk through what is challenging for them. We discuss the treatment, the experience all the difficult emotions and help them to be prepared for what might lie ahead. So there are a lot of big feelings that come up through this process and all of these can produce psychosocial issues and challenges for our patients. There's shame, there's guilt, there's jealousy, regret, anger, hopelessness and probably one of the biggest of all is that sense of failure because this isn't happening the way it was supposed to happen, the way it should happen, or as quickly as one wants it to happen. And all of these can have repercussions for well-being. So just the process of talking with people about all of these things and validating their emotions and normalizing their feelings can be very helpful. Many, many women will express to me, you know, they're often women who've been very successful in their careers and in every other area of their life. They're used to working really hard and achieving their goals. And then suddenly they're confronted with this, what seems like a really simple, natural process that, you know, any 17-year-old can do. And they can't. And that is really, really tricky. So I'm encouraging women and men to focus on what they can control. And that is how they do the journey. So what can you look after? Where can you exert influence and control? And that may be in who your circle of support is, how you manage this at work, who you tell what to, how you take off some of the burdens that you have in your life, how you plan around when you want to do a cycle, um, how you manage social interactions when people are asking you, when are you going to have kids and all the difficult things that come with this. But taking some time to think about those aspects of your journey gives you back some control. And I think that having control is also part of resilience building. 
but the other party is looking after your well-being. And that's taking time to care for your mental, your physical, your psychosocial self and making sure that you are replenishing that fuel tank and topping up and putting some stuff in there so that when the going gets tough, you've got some resources to fall back on. But it's tough. In addition to counselling, when a couple or hopeful parent experiences pregnancy loss, it's really important that they have a circle of support to fall on, including friends, family and an understanding employer. When a woman and a partner are trying to build her family and they're facing challenges such as pregnancy loss and fertility challenges, they need to be met where they are. You need to give them the space to grieve um, and that might be something they want to do privately and that's okay, but you can still show up for them in other ways. You can send care packages. You can send them texts to say that you're thinking of them, but don't expect a response and it's okay if they don't respond. So there's practical things like that, but it really is about sitting with us in our grief or our difficulty times and acknowledging how hard and shitty it is, not being scared to bring up the babies that we've lost because that doesn't make us any sadder it's actually really beautiful when someone starts a conversation about this um so again it's really a lot to do with being present for that couple that are going through this in many different ways and that can also be in things like workplace settings so if you have a colleague going through this please don't be afraid to bring it up please check in on them and if there's a partner whose wife or girlfriend has lost their baby then also checking on them how are they going with their loss too it's not all on one Um, the person who has carried the baby. Being present for loved ones through their grief can mean having an uncomfortable conversation, but doing this can make a big difference and help them feel connected in a very difficult time. Definitely be comfortable being uncomfortable is a great one because you can't upset us any more than we already are upset. And I think that there's some beauty in that, that just acknowledging how hard and awful we might be feeling and, and that it's okay to feel this way. As an employer, stepping up to ensure staff feel supported in their lives outside of work can make a difference to productivity, engagement and connection in the workplace. This means implementing a culture and policies that help safeguard people through challenges like pregnancy loss and infertility. We spend a lot of our lives in the workforce and these spaces should be set up in a way that they feel safe, no matter what it is employees are going through. There are some outstanding employers in Australia right now who are working to ensure staff feel supported when dealing with issues around mental health, family caring needs and fertility treatment. Pink Elephants actively works with employers to help make workplaces more effective at responding and supporting staff through pregnancy loss. Workplaces have a huge role to play in this. We spend so much of our time in the workforce and no one wants presenteeism in the workplace. And unfortunately, we know far too many stories where women are hiding in bathroom stalls or they're not showing up for meetings and they really are struggling to balance both. But we can know the antidote to that. And the antidote is having a workplace culture that's open to these challenges. So that is holding events specific to early pregnancy loss and fertility challenges, opening up that dialogue, that conversation, announcing that we are a friendly employer to this. And if you are going through this, here is where you go to for support. Having peer support companions within your workplace, Pink Elephants helps that to happen so that you have those people in your workplace who are averse in early pregnancy loss and can provide support to your people. Having content that your workplace can access so your people leaders may have someone go through a loss. We want to make sure that they're empowered with content so that they know how to support that person through the loss journey. And then having clear policies. It's really important. We now have this Fair Work Act with miscarriage firmly under the Bereavement and Compassionate Leave Act. 
and that's amazing that a woman and her partner now are entitled to two days leave. But we would argue that two days isn't enough to grieve from the loss of a baby. And what we are now seeing is a beautiful trend where workplaces um, such as QBE are offering 12 weeks, which is an incredible shining star example. And it's about working out what your business case is and how much leave you can offer for women and partners who go through this in your workplace. So it's three things. It's clear policies, support and awareness for the issue. QBE has made all of these a priority. The organisation's Head of Diversity and Inclusion, Catherine McNair, says building a workplace that is inclusive and empowering means not only writing great policies, but it's also finding ways to bring these to life for every individual on the team. To ensure they continue to do that, they partner on initiatives like family-friendly workplaces and work closely with pink elephants to inform their practices. QBE introduced additional leave a couple of years ago for people who were experiencing pregnancy loss. And this started with an association with the Pink Elephants Group back in 2021, uh, where we noticed that we were getting more and more requests coming through from our people who had experienced pregnancy, but then actually had some kind of loss. Um, And as we know, that experience can be really diverse from the, the number of losses, but also the type of loss. So what we aimed to do was ensure that our people and their partners felt supported during that time. So we actually extended our full paid parental leave policy to all employees, which is 12 weeks over 24 months, acknowledging that the experience, as I already said, is diverse, but that loss is not a moment in time, that it takes time to heal emotionally and mentally and physically, and that there can be a number of events um, that occur in the future where people need that ongoing support, you know, thus the, the 24 months being made available to people. Pink Elephants will talk about future pregnancies and something called scanxiety, um, where people really need time a couple of days beforehand, um, perhaps just to mentally prepare themselves for a scan, knowing that, you know, we can all turn up to work, but are we are we there mentally and acknowledging that, you know, there's, there's something um, about acknowledging people need time um, to prepare themselves, but also due dates, anniversaries, um, and just days where people are not really feeling themselves. The more courageous you are as a workplace to have those challenging conversations, the more it normalises the conversation for people, the more it supports people leaders to understand what that experience is and what the resources are that we can offer our people. And the more then I think that you will have people who will, who will come forward and seek out those resources. So networks are really important, first responder networks. And we did exactly the same thing with our early pregnancy loss policy. So what we did there was work with Pink Elephants, who run a workplace program and we had four people who had had lived experience of early pregnancy loss, all very different experiences, and Pink Elephants supported them through their workplace support program to receive training. So they're not counsellors, but they do know how to respond and they refer people onto QBE's internal support. But the role they play is twofold. One is to support our people who have experienced loss and really provide them with that compassion and care, someone who has had a similar 
not the same experience to them and can provide that listening ear. So that's really important that people do not suffer in silence on this issue. The second thing is that it is an immediate support for people leaders who may have been aware that someone in their team has experienced loss, but the network is actually able to guide them through how to have a respectful conversation with those people because we know uh, Pink Elephants do a lot of great campaigns around at least and they're the comments people do not want to hear. At least you're young. At least you were able to get pregnant. Um, they are really minimising the person's experience. It's diminishing their experience of loss. And so it's really important that the network can guide people through how to have a conversation. So you have your policy, I think, is a real baseline, but how you bring it to life is through having some courageous people who are prepared to share their story of loss and then also having a very visible network who are the point people to then provide that support, but making sure that they are emotionally supported as well, which is where the workplace program that Pink Elephants provide is really important. The other thing that we continue to build is with the Pink Elephants support network, we realised that a lot of people, um, when they had their experience of loss, may not have known about the network, but were guided to them quickly. And what we've done this year is actually invited our network and Pink Elephants to host a quarterly forum. And what that does is just raises awareness of early pregnancy loss for all of our people to hear about the experience of loss, why we're talking about it as a workplace, taking a very inclusive approach to making sure that it's the breadth of the experience, so the LGBTIQ plus experience, which of course will really play into the fertility surrogacy space as well. You can hear more about what QBE is doing to empower its workforce in episode five of Fertility Unfiltered and head to the Pink Elephants website for more information on their workplace support program. Outside of the workplace, family and friends play an important role in supporting people through pregnancy loss. Sadly, many people don't recognise the depth of that loss, and the grief that comes with it is denied or minimised. Um, it is that disenfranchised grief. The biggest challenge is absolutely that society and workplaces and even women's communities don't recognise the depth of their grief. They don't recognise it as the death of a baby. And I think a lot of that's wrapped up in the language that we use around early pregnancy loss, which minimises it, the experience in itself. And then on top of that, what I talked about earlier about the timeframes of early pregnancy loss as well and expecting a woman to be better a week later. So for me, it all perpetuates the same shame, stigma and silence around miscarriage, which then leads to a woman feeling isolated in her experience. And that then is disenfranchised grief. We can do so much better and it is really all about coming back to validation, empathy and connection and the difference that can make is huge. This applies to men and partners too because it's not just the person carrying the baby who is grieving and needs support through the loss. I'd say they argue that sometimes they may feel further disenfranchised because what do we all do? We say, how's your wife going? How's your partner going? We don't ask how they're doing. They too envisioned a baby in their arms, a child to grow up to play games with. They had a future that they'd imagined that they've also lost um, and they deserve validation, empathy and connection, just like a woman. That needs to start at the beginning. So it needs to start with health professionals acknowledging that they have a loss too and not putting the role of support onto the partner because it's not solely responsible to them. And whilst a lot of partners fall naturally into that, 
and it is helpful and it works. There is also that conflict of if they fall just in the support role, no one's checking in on them. And we know I've supported amazing partners. And then you dig down a little bit deeper and you find out that actually no one asked them if they were okay. And they really struggled through this. And they did the whole thing that we've done for too long, which is wear a brave face and pretend they're okay. And they're not. And they're also looking after their own grief and looking after a loved one who's lost a baby as well. It's, it's a really difficult time. Counselor Zwalin helps people validate and understand grief. She says a common experience people have is that they go through two different ways of processing loss at the same time. The dual process model of grief talks about there being two processes that happen concurrently, or if not concurrently, you move between them all the time. You, you oscillate between the two. The one is a kind of grief orientation process where you're attending to your pain, you're acknowledging your hurt, you're expressing your emotions, you're feeling it. The other is the restoration process where you're getting on with your life, you're making decisions, you're moving on, you're trying to put everything back together. And both of those processes have to happen to deal with the grief. But sometimes you go back and forwards, backwards and forwards between them. And that's a really healthy way of approaching it and recognizing that, you know, firstly, grief isn't linear. It's not, I'm sad today, I'm fine tomorrow. You may be better tomorrow and the next day you may be worse. So all of these things are important. Understanding the way in which grief works and how that can impact you is a lot of what we do. If you want to talk about pregnancy loss, but don't feel like telling friends or anyone at work, there are ways to open up anonymously. For instance, you may like to reach out to Pink Elephant's live chat online or connect with one of their online forums, which are vetted so any information shared is credible. So not everyone has to be themselves and there's no fear of someone they know seeing what they're going through because we're not all ready to share about a very private and traumatic experience publicly. And we see movements like the 12-week movement and people assume that that means everyone should announce pregnancies from day one. My last pregnancy, I didn't tell anyone until we come out of lockdown and I was 28 weeks pregnant and I was wearing my husband's shirts and trying to hide it. Ridiculous. Um, but it was, I wasn't ready. And I think that there's that beauty about online support is that you can access it behind a wall of privacy if you need that when you need that at pink elephants we use the language evidence and empathy and that's really integral to all of our programs so we'll have online peer support companions who moderate the forums to make sure content that's shared can be trusted and is relevant um, all of our resources are peer reviewed and we always have links to references and evidence that supports what we're on about and we also don't provide medical advice we empower health seeking behavior we want women to go and speak to their health professionals for personalized advice go and speak to a fertility specialist when you're struggling don't take advice from a forum of who's the best doctor because you've got a different opinion based on your needs. But what we provide is that emotional support whereby you can connect with another woman who can understand how you're feeling through this and can give you language around that. So, yeah, it's really, really important that you have evidence because that was one thing when I started this. I remember all I could find was blogs, one woman blogs with it. And it was too much. It was like, I, I don't know you and you're trying to sell me acupuncture at the end of this or you're trying to sell me something else. And I don't disagree with any of those things, but there is no miracle cure for this. That's the sad thing about it. In addition to Pink Elephants, there are some other support services that may be worth looking into. So for infertility, um, the Amber Network have some great resources. For pregnancy loss, you can also look to Red Nose and Sands. Um, they're another support organisation. They've been around for 30 years 
They're more counseling led and Pink Elephants is more peer support and digital connections. Um, So two very different organisations. We specifically are early pregnancy loss. Um, Red Nose and Sands will move more into the later term loss, like stillbirth as well. But if you think about that, right, we have an estimated, because no one knows the number, 110,000 women and partners go through this every year. And I can only name less than a handful of organisations to tackle this problem. That's not okay. There should be more of us. It's not shouldn't be relying on one organisation to fix this problem. They say it takes a village to raise a child and perhaps that village needs to step into action before the baby even arrives. If you've experienced pregnancy loss, I hope this episode has helped validate your grief and pain and that it's provided some ideas for next steps, whether that be making an appointment with a therapist, talking to a fertility specialist or reaching out to a non-profit that can support you in some way. Thank you to Samantha Payne at Pink Elephants for sharing her story and the impactful work being done through the network. A big thank you to Jenea Fertility for supporting this podcast and to all their specialists for being a part of the series. I'm Tyler Lambert and it's been a privilege hosting these episodes on the ups and downs of trying to have a baby in Australia today. To listen back to any of the episodes, you can find Fertility Unfiltered on every listening platform and the Women's Agenda website. Thank you for listening.